All right, welcome back to another episode of Fast Break Lip NBA Podcast. It is your boy Samuel. I am back. Uh, you know, I said on Twitter that, you know, I ain't been like getting some, I ain't been having the inspiration to pod because, you know, NBA has been kind of lame. But, you know, I'm back. I decided, you know, let's talk about these conference finals. Let's talk about the NBA finals. Let's talk about basketball. I got with me a guest that I've had on here before, my guy Cam. Cam, say what's up to the people. Yo, 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 yo. What's up? What's up? Thank you for joining me on this Friday evening. Right before, actually, um, your Miami Heat take on the Boston Celtics in a game six that will be very interesting to see to say the least um so let's just hop right into things um how how, how you feeling for game six tonight i know a lot of people are counting out the miami heat everyone is basically saying you know what it's boston versus golden state the finals is already set i mean you've gone you guys gotten you got you guys have gotten this far um tyler hero seems like he's unlikely to play in game six um people that are listening they'll probably already see the result of tonight's game already before this episode is out but how you feeling man honestly man i am not feeling too great but it's like a like a glass half full you know like honest obviously boston has been you know consistently they've shown their their defensive versatility and you know they they they'd be more healthy, you know, than us. Uh, well, not even I can't even say that, but they just their star players have just been better this series. You know, with Rob Williams in and out the lineup, his impact is amazing. With him, his on and off, you know, the floor numbers. Al Horford has been playing amazing. Uh, I, and then our, our offense is just so sputtered, man. It, I just can't really I can't figure it out. So hopefully we can have another performance like we had in Game Three, where where Bam just turns into, you know, what we what I expect him to be and just be dominant. But that, that hasn't been a constant throughout these playoffs. So, yeah, man, the injuries suck. Everything is just bad. But I'm not counting my boys out yet. Yeah, I mean, I, par- partially before, um, before the series started, I, like, picked Celtics in six for a lot of the reasons that we kind of are seeing come to fruition in this series. Like for me, um, with Miami, I knew Jimmy Butler would show up. I mean, as of recently, he hasn't the last two games, and we can talk about how the um, knee injury might be affecting him um, to a certain degree. But I knew, like after Jimmy Butler, I was like, "What am I getting from the rest of the, these guys, and who am I getting it from?" And it's like, with Bam, is Bam going to be aggressive as he always is, or I mean, as he always isn't? I mean, we saw in that game, I forgot, was it game two or three? I think it was game three, actually, in Boston, where he showed up and had the 31 points. But after that, it was just back to regular old Bam. And after that, without Tyler Hero, it's, like, very hard to really grasp what Miami can do for the rest of the series. And I think that's the main reason why everyone's – counted them out is because you don't have Tyler Hero who's basically your second best creator after Jimmy Butler. Kyle Lowry is a shell of himself at this point. Bam is 
ultra unaggressive, especially when Rob Williams is out there on the court. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. And I just don't know. It's just for me. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say throughout this series, when you look at it, our most, our third most consistent player, or even second most consistent player, has been Gabe Vincent. And like, it's just, I, I just, I just look at the game where, where how how Bam dominated game three, and granted that Rod Williams wasn't there, but when you when you look on the court, if if Rob Williams is on the floor, then Bam Adebayo is usually the most athletic and, and you know physically imposing player on the floor. So sure, Boston is great defensively. Sure, great, you know, Al Horford is great, and, and, and Grant Williams is cool. But I just feel like Bam should just, just like, just go out there and just out athlete people. Sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Like his reluctance, to, his reluctance to shoot is so frustrating because it's like, dude, you're so athletic. Like just like it's even if he misses, we just want him to shoot and be aggressive. You know, he's shooting eight shots in, in, in games and just not even looking at the basket. It's like, dog. Like you gotta go do something, and then like you said, Kyle Lowry, like the like the last two games, Kyle Lowry and, and Max Struess are one for twenty nine from the field. So you you aren't beating anybody with your when your backcourt is shooting like that, and then you we gotta bring in guys like Duncan Robinson who still hasn't found a rhythm. PJ Tucker is limited offensively, offensive, obviously, and Victor Oladipo is still not the Victor Oladipo from the past. So it it's just. I just I, like defensively we've been vi- still solid. It's just that Boston pulls away. They they go in a ten zero run and we can't answer. So it's just crazy, man. It's just like I, it's not hard. The the prop the issues aren't hard. You know we went seven for forty five last last game from three. So it's just like when we can't create baskets at the rim, we're just we're selling for threes. And obviously Tyler Hero isn't here uh, to to kind of you know take that load off of Jimmy. But even Jimmy. Hasn't looked like itself from from the last few rounds, so it may be the knee injury. We've seen Jimmy like this healthy even last year against Milwaukee, where he just didn't shoot, and we wish he just wasn't going in. So it's just it's just a lot of different variables, man. It's just I, I just I don't get it. I really don't. Yeah, and then on top of that, it's just like every game in this series has been nasty, like extremely, like. Again, I predicted before the series, like some of these games, I predicted that like this series would be a really nasty series, but I thought it would be in the way of like, you know, low scoring efforts, score in the 80s type of scores. Like I thought that type of nasty. I just didn't think it was going to be like, all right, we're going to alternate blowing each other out. And it's just like, yeah, it, it hasn't made for an entertaining viewing experience for any fans, I don't think. Except for maybe yeah. the team that's winning at that game, but other than that, I mean, there's not really much analysis that I can like provide because none of these games have been close, and it's like whatever analysis that I provide, it's just like, all right, it goes out the window the next game. Yeah, it goes out the window the next game. It's just like okay, um, Boston was hot this game, but then they were not hot the next game, and then they were some of their guys were hot the next game. It's just like, and also with all the the lineup changes, it's like. Like you said, Boston, they had Marcus Smart and and Robert Williams out for certain games as well. And it was just like, you can't really get a good grasp on your opponent as a a team for for Miami. But you also can't get a good grasp as a fan of like what's going on in these in these series. And it's just like, 
It's been, the sample size is so small, man, because it's, like you said, every game is different. It's either Derek White in the starting lineup or Derek White isn't playing because his son was being born or Marcus Smart not playing because of calf or his foot or whatever he got injured. Rob Williams in and out. Jason Tatum had the you know another stinker. So it's like you can't say, all right, we did a great job defensively because then the next game we lose by 30. And then Boston said the same thing. We, you know, we did a great job defensively. And then Bam comes out and get 30. So, like, it, it really is – I expected this to be one of the better series just because I felt these teams were so evenly matched going down the roster with, you know, the just the, just the defense. Like you said, I thought it was going to be a low-scoring, hard-nosed, like, early 2000s, you know, like, you know, low-scoring series. But, you know, at one every point in, in one game, some team is up 25 to 30 points. Whether it's at the beginning of the game or the, the end of the game, it's like – it's, it's one of the hardest series to like just evaluate. So it, it's just I don't know. It, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, um, and going from there, I mean, um, I mean, after this series, say you guys lose tonight, I mean, what where would you like to see see the team go from here? Because I feel like they still need. Another guy, I know Donovan Mitchell has been like highly, um, <clears throat> he's been highly um, rumored to you guys. Of course, you guys got like Tyler Hero that you can send in a sign and trade because he's obviously going to demand max money, especially seeing how the team and performs poorly without him. Um, as well as you can throw in maybe a Duncan Robinson and whatever um, other draft assets you may have. Um, well, yeah, I mean, wh- where would you like to see the Heat go from here? Because they obviously need some offensive firepower for the postseason because we know their defense is going to come through. Yeah. um, I think that, of course, the Kyle Lowry experiment, I think people are going to blow it out of proportion because he's been so bad recently because of the injury. I do think that uh, – I just seen something about Bradley Bill as well, but I don't think we can probably afford Bradley Bill. If we can't get a Donovan Mitchell, uh, like you said, he's been he's been rumored to us. I think we need to get a, a legit backup big, and I think we just need to need to fix us because we're a small team. Like outside of Bam, we don't have any other bigs. We have Dwayne Dedman, and he's good against you know certain matchups like the big lumbering centers. But when it comes to series like this, or he's there's no way he would be able to play against Golden State even if we were, were to advance. So. I feel like we get like another athletic big that can play along or play behind Bam. Uh, we improve our wings. I think we can improve in the uh, just the depth. Like Victor Oladipo is cool, but is this what he's going to be for the rest of his career, or is he going to still improve? And of course, like if we can add a Donovan Mitchell type player who's another All Star and a legit twenty five point a game point scorer, then that'll fix like the uh, spacing issues. Uh, Jimmy Butler can play more off ball. He doesn't have to be the primary ball handler. So I think if we can get a guy like Donovan Mitchell or Bradley Beal, uh, that that can solve a lot of things. You know, we might have to sacrifice some off or some defense, but at the same time, you know, that offense will come with those players. Yeah, with um, yeah, with Donovan Mitchell though, um, Mitchell. it's gonna be interesting to see what Utah does, um. I mean, you do have the connections with um, Dwayne Wade, of course. Maybe you might do your your team a solid. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, 
We'll see. Um, it's also interesting. Um, jo- Joel Embiid he tweeted out the other day. Um, you know, Miami needs a star, and of course, you know, everyone kind of like ran with it. Um, it'd be I, interesting I to see was- if what happened. I said I, I knew he was trolling. I don't. I think he was just doing that just to get a rise out of people because everybody was on Twitter. I think I, I don't think I can. I, I can't put any stock into that. Just knowing that it was Joel and B, you know. But I mean, well, I will move the house for Joel and B. I will. I will give Philly whatever they want for Joel and B. So, like no, Bam Hero and like whatever else. Yeah, whatever, whatever they ask, whatever they ask, <laughs> whatever they. Ask. I don't care if you want Bam and Hero, take them. That's Joel Embiid, so. I feel you there. I mean, especially the way, like, Philly has gone out repeatedly sad over the last couple years. And I could see him genuinely getting frustrated. I mean, the team got rid of Jimmy Butler. Well, I mean, the story is kind of mixed around Jimmy Butler's departure um, there. But Joel Embiid obviously wasn't happy with Jimmy Butler leaving that situation. Um, and he still has love for him and whatnot. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see if anything does get made of those 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 inklings that Joel is kind of lightly, jokingly sprinkling out there. But like, there's there's always some meaning to these to these tweets. Yeah, like they, they he, always say, yeah. he he had some intention behind it. Yep, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Moving on to the other conference final series, which just concluded yesterday, we have the Golden State Warriors, probably one of the best dynasties we've ever seen, heading back to the finals um, after disposing of the Mavericks 4-1. to I mean, I just got to give some time to just um, appreciate um, Golden State because, I mean, we got a lot of people, you know, they're always praying on their downfall, always hating. I mean, with every dynasty, there is going to be that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, when you think about the the like the trio of Steph, Dre, and Clay, I mean, that's going to be it's going to be up there with some of the all time trios. And I mean, we look at Dre. I mean, when you look at Dre and Clay, they don't really match up to the the star power of a lot of other trios may have, um, especially with their players individually. But as a tandem. When those three are healthy, we've seen now. Um, when those three are healthy, it's six straight finals between those three. Because um, I mean, those two gap years, um, Clay wasn't healthy, Steph wasn't healthy, Dre was in and out, so it, it was a weird time. But now that they're all healthy again, we're seeing that this 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 trio is still dominant. The system still works, and you know. It's with a whole new cast of, of 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 characters this time. I mean, you got guys like Wiggins stepping up, who no one really thought he would be able to play this role for Golden State. Eighteen and ten last night, um, playing the role of a, of a defensive wing stopper. You got Kevon Looney with ten, eighteen, and four. I mean, dude could barely jump, but still feasting on the boards. But yeah, it's just it's just remarkable to see a team still, you know, be able to have this type of longevity, um, especially in this era of player movement and stuff, where guys are not staying on teams for this long to be able to have a run like this. So it, it's been pretty impressive to see um, over these last 
eight years it's been? Wow. That's a long ass right. time. Yeah, man. It's, it's just crazy because, like you said, the system and you got guys that's coming in. And even you, when you look at the regular season, who the guys they were playing, they were playing Juan Toscano Anderson. Uh, how you see how important Gary Payton the second was. Uh, they're out there playing Otto Porter is getting buckets. You know, it's just it's just crazy how, you know, literally like you said over the last eight years, when those guys, those three guys are healthy, it's almost a guaranteed final. So you know, even the, you know, when Kevin Durant was there, obviously they gave him a boost. But you know, the, just the de- just the to the credit to Steph and how consistent he's been over these years. Uh, you know, even last year when they had without Clay Thompson, that how they were still uh, could have made the playoffs, but of course the play-in tournament. But it's just amazing to see all the, the the pieces that has came in and out of that organization. You know how the roster has completely flipped, and now they're playing. You know, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, and big playoff games, and they're still and they're producing. So just a credit to Steve Kerr and Joe Lacob, and you know the whole the whole Warriors uh, franchise as a whole. They, they they do everything the right way. So, yeah, I, I didn't expect them to, to be in the finals. Just, I I expected Phoenix, of course, before they literally pissed on pissed on themselves like the last <laughs> round against Phoenix. <laughs> I mean, against Dallas, I really expected. I, I I predicted a Phoenix Miami finals, but you know, like I said, just I thought it was going to be a Golden State Phoenix, you know, Western Conference finals. But like you said, man, you got to play who's in front of you, and you know. Golden State got him out of there, so you see just the consistency that the franchise has had for the last eight years now. Yep, a long time. And what you call it with with Golden State too? I like, I was like, all right, they're gonna be like a a pretty good playoff team. Um, I just didn't, I wasn't all the way sold on them being a finals team again, just because like they showed like some habits here and there um in the regular season that were concerning i'd say yeah, but it, it was down 50 to memphis yeah like, so they were down even the then they still showed yeah and even then they still showed like some of those bad habits where you know they'll not care about a game because they know they'll get them in the next game which they did um credit to them but you know, mm-hmm. it's it's stuff like that that's a little concerning, and you know, it's still going to be a little bit concerning heading to the to the into the finals. But um, it's just, but they have matured because back in the past, I feel like there's a lot more of those games that that they that they let happen. Um, but now that they've grown, they've matured, they've 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 seen the down years, and now they can probably appreciate this year even more. Um, and a lot of people were saying that yesterday too. They were like, um, they never seen Golden State um so happy to um get a Western Conference finals um win. And it's and, yeah. and, and when you think about it, it's because this year was like the first year in a while where they weren't like favorites or like even like guaranteed to to make it that far. So for them to, to get back to the finals, I mean they they were talking about it all last night about how like it means so much to them, especially getting Clay back and him being healthy and him being able to contribute. I mean, last night he dropped like what thirty two points it was. So yeah, I mean, and and, and, and even ahead. during the season they didn't, they didn't have all their guys during the season because as soon as Clay came back, Draymond that went out. Yeah, so I think the first the, the first time we got to really see them all on the floor for an extended amount of time was Game One against Denver, I, I believe. Yeah, so just for them to gel this quick. 
And, you know, it's, it's crazy to see, you know, like you said, with when Clay was out, how Jordan Poole has flourished. Like, he, like, dude was in the G League last year. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And then just just the whole just the whole story of this year is kind of like it's, it's really Cinderella ish, you know. Even though they were a two seed or a three seed, but it's still like wow, like you know nobody expected this, you know, to get to the finals. But hey, yeah, and I mean, up. and I mean, credit to Dallas too. I don't want to forget about Dallas on this on this um in this matchup, but I mean, credit to them getting this far. I mean, a lot of people counted them out in that last series against Phoenix. Um, Myself included, before the series even started, I was just like, you know what? I'll give I, I I picked Phoenix in at least six in that series, and I was like, you know what? I think that they'll give them a fight, and you know, but Phoenix, you know, they're the one seed. I had to respect it at the time. I didn't know they were gonna, like you said, piss on themselves. But I mean, Luca Luca did did his thing. His role players did his thing in that series, and you know, this series it just wasn't enough. I mean. They went. They rang cold at the wrong time, and and like they say, you live by the three, you die by the three. And we've seen so many teams in the past. You live by that three, you will definitely die by it. We've seen it with Houston. We've seen it with so many teams over the this past decade, just relying on the three ball way too much and not being able to diversify your offense. And they have the and Dallas has the means to diversify their offense too. It's not like they don't have any other guys that are capable of creating or um creating for themselves creating advantages creating for others you got brunson you got dinwiddie um but yeah i mean i just feel like yeah their style of play just wasn't gonna be conducive to winning and we've seen this story happen a million times so yeah yeah the the luca ball would be different if he was a a plus on defense so of course we've seen you know different teams run you know a heliocentric offense like LeBron all those years with the Cavs and uh, even James Harden you know with Houston but with Luca even like he, he, people like to you know talk trash about James Harden but those last couple of Houston years he actually did play a little defense it wasn't like he wasn't there those early Houston years but Luca is just a, such a negative on defense that it's like you know he gets he you know misses a foul call now it's a, a, a four on three fast break. Now, you know, you're giving up a three. And then, you know, it, it's just like they're playing from behind. They were playing from behind so much in this series where it's like, you know, one one bad call can can turn into like, you know, three straight buckets for Golden State. So I think that, you know, Luca is so set in his ways. Like he's this is this how he he's been playing since he was 12, 13 years old. So when you've been doing this for so long, I don't think Luca is that willing to adjust to play more off ball. Um you know, even Dinwiddie had his you know ups and downs in series, and Brunson did too. But I think that if they can divert, like you said, diverse, diversify their offense, it can benefit Luke in the long run. Uh, you know, just to make him a, a more of a threat, just get him in some off ball action, just a, a pin down or something every once in a while. You know, just to give defenses another look. You know, so and they need to improve their big too because there's no reason why you should have Dwight Powell playing four minutes a game just just to throw him out there or you know Maxi Kleba at the five. You know, it's they need to improve their their roster too. Yeah, they definitely do. I mean, I mean, credit to them getting this far with um the the roster that they did have, but there's definitely some places they can improve, especially at the center spot. And we'll see what happens this off season because you know looks like there's a lot of centers that are gonna be attempting Aiden. to be on the move. I'll say that Aiden or Gobert to Dallas, I'm calling now. 
<laughs> I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see how they do it because I, I just don't know how it works um, yeah, with the <laughs> with the finances. But but those are two very interesting options that they they they'll have. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's funny too. Like Kevon Looney was able to like hang on the floor in these playoffs. I mean, and and actually be dominant in certain aspects while guys like Aiden and Gobert are basically getting played off the floor in their series against the same team. So it's like hilarious. Yeah, it is. Cause when you look at the way Dallas was attacking them, like by, by no means, I don't think that Kevin Kevon Looney is more athletic than, you know, DeAndre Aiden or Rudy Gobert. He's just just better defensively. Yeah. He's more solid. You know, like he just doesn't go for the fakes. He, he just, he's no, he knows himself a lot more. Then you know those other guys, and he he knows where the help is. He know where you know where to where to send him at, and you know he's just he's just solid. Like you say, he's not like it looks like he had hip surgery or something. It looks like he's forty five years old out there, but he still he moves well enough to at least contain guys and you know keep guys from the rim. So credit to him. Yep, and I mean, kind of a little pseudo finals preview. So if you're Heat managed to do the unthinkable by everyone's imagination and somehow advance to the finals. How you feel about that matchup against Golden State? Uh, if we were healthy, I would feel a lot better just because I, I told myself, well, I've been telling all my friends and stuff, I told myself this, this well, like whoever comes out the East is going to win the finals just because I feel like uh, Boston – Boston and Miami, you know, are just so good defensively with the versatility. I don't think that, you know, all the things that Golden State were able to get off against Dallas were working against those teams because, you know, you do a split action and you switch it. Now, instead of having Maxi Kleber or or Spencer Dinwiddie on you, you have Jalen Brown or or Al Horford, you know. So those matchups are just a lot fav- more favorable for, for, for Boston and Miami defensively. Even with us, instead of getting switched on to Kleber, you got P.J. Tucker or Jimmy Butler. Or, or Kyle Lowry if he was healthy. But, you know, now, you know, both of those teams, you know, being guys in the lineup, I think that Golden State might win uh, whoever they play just because, you know, both teams are so hobbled, you know. And then it's, it's, even if my, we, we advance, we're going to have, like, what, two days rest before before game one. So I just don't think it will be favorable for either, either you know, uh, either team. I think Jason Tatum is still, you know, laboring with that whatever shoulder injury he's dealing with. Yeah. Jalen Brown has been up and down. So I, yeah. So I think that whoever Golden State plays is going to be another Golden State championship, unfortunately. So. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I kind of agree with you there. I mean, I think. Um. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I said like I said like during one of these games, I tweeted out like this is a hospital series. Like, dudes is just like. Yeah, hitting the floor left and right and it's just like whoever's the healthiest um i'm not gonna say whoever's the healthiest will come out and like win this thing but like it's also like um besides who's healthiest it's just like who's hot that day too like because like like where's the offense gonna come from especially with, with miami because you have to withstand a Golden State run. It's, it's inevitable. It's going to happen every game, no matter what point in the game, whether it's first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, you have to answer that. So, you know, without Tyler Hero in the game and, 
without, you know, with Jimmy Butler kind of being hobbled, whether he admits it or not, and Kyle Lowry being, he's running around out there really, you know, and bam, now it's like, who who is that offense going to come from? You know, Max Struess hasn't been able to hit. Victor Oladipo has been up and down. And you don't want to rely on Gabe Vincent for offense, even though he's been our second best offensive player this series. But it's just in Boston, too, like, you know, when, when Jalen Brown's at the game or when Jason Tatum's at the game, like, who is the offense going to come from? You know, it's going to – Derek White, you rely on Derek White, you rely on Grant Williams and Peyton Pritchard, you know? So it's just – I just don't know where the offense is going to come from consistently every game. We're going to state – the system is so well oiled that you know you can put guys in like Otto Porter is going to get eight points and Kevon Looney has been dominating the glass and Draymond had what, like like seventeen points last night which is crazy yeah. and so you know obviously you're gonna you're probably gonna get your fifteen to twenty from Clay you're gonna get your twenty to twenty five from Steph even fifteen to twenty from from Poole so you can write those guys in for that now it's the ancillary pieces you know who are you know been more reliable than the pieces in Boston and Miami so. Yeah, it's yeah, going to be that. it's going to be very interesting too because um I mean no matter what I mean even with, with with just Golden State and Boston you got like the two of the the best defensive teams in the league. So you know, those are going to be some physical hard-nosed games. We'll see how the refereeing goes because one thing that's been pissing me off these playoffs is the way these games have been being refed. I mean, this is supposed to be do or die basketball, physical basketball, and like the way some of these games are being called, it's just frustrating because they're just not letting certain stuff go. It's just like they're calling some of these stuff like it's still a regular season game. And it's just like, can we not yeah. do that? So I'm hoping in the finals they like let some more stuff go because we're gonna no matter who it is coming out of the East, it's gonna be a physical series with Golden State. And I think everyone knows that. So just right. just let it happen. And even with with our series, it's like I feel like every every game the ref is like the referees are overcompensating for the last game. So game one, if I'm not mistaken, that's when Jimmy had like 40 and he shot like 17 free throws. And then game two, the free throw, you know, they, they were leaning towards Boston, if I'm not mistaken. So it's just like whatever team wins the free throw battle, you know, in each game, they kind of like overcompensate and kind of call it a different way, you know. So like a lot of whistles that we weren't getting last night or two nights ago, it's like, well, we get those same whistles like the game before. So, like, why, you know, where is the consistency? Like, you know, it's, it's yeah. But with Golden State, obviously, with that, with their brand of basketball, you know, you're going to get some fouls, especially with those guys coming off screens, flying off screens, and the way they just run their offense, you know, there's going to be a lot of opportunities to get to the line for Golden State. And with, with Boston and Miami, they're so – with Boston, mainly, they're so, you know, dribble, you know, get to the basket, you know, they don't have a lot of motion in their offense, really. They're relying on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to get to the bucket. You know, how are those other guys going to get, you know, you know, calls and stuff? So they are getting the calls and, hey, it's not going to be good. Yep. I mean, I pretty much got Golden State in six no matter who. Yeah, I got Golden State in six no matter who. I mean, I would love to see Steph get that finals MVP he should have got probably since 2015. Um, And, you know, that would probably thrust him into further up the all-time rankings talks. Um, I'm not the biggest all-time guy just because that kind of talk just doesn't do much for me. Yeah. 
and I know a lot of people were I know a lot of people yesterday were engaging in Steph top ten all time and you know I'll I'll get to it when it when it happens but at the moment I I just want to like, live in the present with it so exactly yeah man it, yeah it, it's a waste of energy and it's just it's just up like like I said everybody has their own agenda with who they're pushing up in their rankings and who they're taking out of the rankings so it's 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 Person by person, who whoever the ranking is. So, yeah. So we'll see what happens. I mean, game six is tonight, and those of you who are listening will already have known. So, I mean, those are my short finals predictions. Um, we'll see. Um, let's get into some NBA news because you know, two teams that were kind of. It's funny. I was saying this to myself earlier today. I was like, it's funny how these two these two teams, they were expected to be in the news around this time for different reasons. But here they are for reasons that they are basically both crumbling. Um we will get into I don't know which one to start with because I feel vindicated. What happened? Start with, start with the Lakers. Just start, start with the Lakers. We'll start with the Lakers. They're they're sad. Sad. Yeah, they're sad. Because I feel vindicated on 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 both teams, but we'll get to the Lakers first. So of <laughs> course, you know the Lakers. They are doing their coaching search. They have been interviewing um, Terry Stotts, Darvin Ham, I believe, um, Kenny Atkinson. Um, there's also reports that Doc Rivers is in their their sites. God knows why. I hope they sign him though. Um, Mark Jackson also was interviewed by them. Hope he, hope they sign him too if they don't sign Doc. But I mean, the candidates are very interesting. Um, nothing really um, piques my interest except for Darvin Ham, because um, a lot of people have been high on him. Including people from the Milwaukee Bucks organization, which is, which is a pretty good thing, um, but yeah, um, one thing that the Lakers have been asking people that are um, that would be willing to take the job is how are they going to utilize Russell Westbrook? And to me, I feel like that's a useless question because, and I'm not even thinking about like how they're possibly going to move him, but like. There is no good way to use Russell Westbrook that any other coach would use. I mean, Russell Westbrook is who he is at this point in his career. Um, he's not going to. I was listening to another podcast this morning, actually, on my way to work, and they were saying how Russell Westbrook had like the highest shot quality, but the lowest percentage. So, like, he was taking high quality shots, but like, he just can't hit them for shit. So it's like. How do you how does a coach like compensate for that? How do they scheme for that? Like I just don't I I don't know. Like But yeah, this Lakers situation is just like hilarious all around. I mean, you got the front office with like Phil Jackson and Kurt Rambis running things behind the scenes with um with Jeannie Buss and it's just it just sounds like a, a big giant shit show, so Yeah, man. It's you can't run an NBA franchise like a mom and pop shop. And I feel like the people in the Lakers organization have too many people that 
obviously is Jeannie Buss's friend or family or a close associate rather than actual basketball people. So you have Phil, like Kurt Rambis and you got like Phil Jackson being an advisor and you got Jeannie Buss and then you got her like whoever like Kurt Rambis' wife is. You know, like you just can't, you can't run a professional franchise like that. And I too feel many like the cooks. have been too many cooks, not enough chefs. Or is that the exact expression? I, I don't even know. I just know it's too many cooks. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. Too, too too many too many chiefs, not enough Indians. I feel like that. But <laughs> whatever, whatever the expression is, at the same, you get what I'm saying. It's too many people that has a, that has a say so in that organization that shouldn't have a say so. So basically, when you have LeBron James who is in year 20, going into year 20, you have Anthony Davis who is I don't even I can't even evaluate him at this point because he's so in at the lineup, but Obviously, the Russell Westbrook thing is not going to work. Russell Westbrook is not what he was in 2016. He can't score. He can't defend. So why is he on the roster still? When a guy, like you said, when he has the highest shot quality and he isn't making shots, it's when you have multiple minute-long compilations of him missing layups, it's not good. So whatever coach is, whatever coach is going to they bring in, and I bet they're going to bring in somebody like Terry Stotts or, or, or Kenny Atkinson just because they're the, they're the safer pick. They're the, the coach. They're, they've coached multiple times at multiple teams. They're going to they're bring somebody like that in to be the fall guy. And instead of just going with Dar- Darvin Ham, who should be obviously the, the, the candidate, he's going to come in and try to use Westbrook, and they're going to keep Westbrook. They're going to waste another year LeBron James and whatever pieces that they bring into the roster and, and that they sign in for agency. It's going to be a repeat year of this year. So it, they might win a, a few more games. They might make a playoff, a playoff uh, spot, but – you can't have Russell Westbrook on the team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I don't care what positive analytics you try to bring into the conversation. Russell Westbrook is – he's just not a decent NBA player anymore, well, at least not for the Lakers. You can't have him alongside LeBron James. You know, like when a guy can't shoot and when he can't defend and when he turn, turns the ball over that much, like what what good is he doing? You know what I'm saying? So – and that's just roster wise, but front office wise, whatever they're doing, I I don't get you know, and I think Magic Johnson is now back advising the team, so it's just like they they're just they're just doing anything that feels right at the moment, and they're just not really thinking, and that look you know they're just a very uh, dull franchise. They don't have any smart people that are you know giving them real basketball advice you know in that front office. So it's it's yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of sad, really, man. So it's not really sad because it's it's sad for me as a LeBron fan, but as an NBA fan, it's like it's the Lakers. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know what I'm saying like you know the, the the prestige of that franchise is so high, but at the end of the day, in the last ten years, besides the championship year, they literally have nothing to show for anything. You know, so that that, that franchise has been poorly run for them to be such the the basketball brand that they are. So it's just nasty, honestly. Knicks with some glitter and a recent championship. Yeah, or the Knicks, the Knicks of old, at least. Yeah, the, the Knicks of, of in Cali. That's all. That's just but but yeah, I mean, for me, I I I was actually pretty generous with the Lakers, like with my preseason um like thoughts on them. I had them like being like a second round exit at the most. And like their season completely turned on its head, um, yeah, in a way like that every... I didn't see coming. Yeah, 
It was like every week, you know, every week throughout the season, like, all right, we're going to get it right this week. We're going to get it right this time. We're going to get it right this time. And it's like, you know, when you're, you know, it was cool when it was 20 and 30 games in because, all right, these guys are just getting together and they're trying to figure each other out. But when it's game 60 and you're still trying to figure it out, that's not good. Whatever, whatever's been working the la- not been working the last sixty games isn't going to magically correct itself in the last twenty. Whether I don't, and even if Anthony Davis was healthy, still I don't think they beat anybody in the West. I don't think they, you know, they might give them, they they might get a second uh, second round, you know, appearance depending on who they match up with. But that roster, man, like outside, even when you take out Westbrook, LeBron, and and, and AD, you got guys like Taylor Horton Tucker and Carmelo Anthony. And they had Trevor Reza on the roster this year, right? Yeah. Trevor Reza, uh, Frank Vogel's persistence on playing DeAndre Jordan when DeAndre Jordan should be bagging groceries <laughs> at whatever at whatever whatever local grocery store yes you shop at when 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 he's starting games throughout the season and then Kendrick Nunn didn't even play and then you have guys like Wayne Ellington and freaking. Stanley Johnson having to come in and be the best defensive player on your roster after he was chilling on the street. Like the whole the whole year was just like another like you know just just something else. You know, it was no reason for them to be that bad. And it, even Kent Bazemore, why is Kent Bazemore still starting games in the NBA? Kent Bazemore went to school right down the street from a crib, ODU. Shout out Kent Bazemore, but bro, you can't be starting Kent Bazemore in 2022. It's no it's no reason to be starting Kent Bazemore. So the roster was, it was, you know, I, I don't know. what I, I think they just tried to, they had that nostalgia factor. And it was like, we're going to bring all these veterans. And, but man, when those veterans can't defend and when they can't score without being, without a good pass, then you're, it's not a recipe for any success at all. So they should have just paid uh, whoever they had. Well, they should have just kept Coos and, and, Caruso, Caruso, they, 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 the man Caruso said he would have taken a bargain to stay with LA. They still let him go. So you can't, you can't, you can't. Not a serious organization. Incompetent, incompetent franchise, man. So it's like you can't, you can't feel sorry for him because, you know, it it wasn't that hard. They made everything more difficult than what it had to be. So they thought that LeBron James was going to be the same LeBron from 2013. He was going to carry them to a championship, but you can't, you can't do that anymore. So you have to build a good roster instead of just relying on one guy. All right. Now let's get to my favorite team to shit on to close out (laughs) today's episode. Talk about vindication, man. Yo, when I first started this pod, it's back when the Nets first joined up together. And I was like, yo, this this ain't going to work. Like, this is not going to work how people think it's going to work out. Like, too many unpredictable factors. I was, I, I said it back then. I was like, yo, Kyrie is just going to, like, I didn't say, like, events would transpire the way they, they're transpiring right now. But, like, I was like, Kyrie's a little bit too unpredictable to be relying on him. Um, KD, he's going to give you what, what he can on the basketball court. But, like, he's not that leader of men and they didn't have any leader of men on that team. Um, and then when James Harden joined on man and everybody knew I hated, already hated James Harden. So like just adding him to this bunch just made me hate him even more and prayed on their downfall even more. 
And I have a tweet of when James Harden got traded to there. I was like, James Harden going to get traded there, and they still going to be a second round out. I mean, granted, it was due to injuries, but, you know, seeing how things went this year, maybe it wouldn't have been just injuries because this year they got swept. Now news comes out just about like a couple days ago that, you know, Nets are not looking to, uh, you know, commit to Kyrie long term. Well, I mean, like, like that's smart. Congrats on the Nets for trying to do something smart for once. But there's also fear that, you know, if that happens, then, you know, Katie will be right out the door with him. So it's just like, here we are on the doorstep of the collapse of the Nets. And man, does it feel good to be right? Because, I mean, as a Knicks fan that lived in Brooklyn, having to hear about, oh, they chose Brooklyn over the Knicks. The Knicks, they haven't done anything right. They could never do anything right. Look at the Nets. They're this example of how a franchise should be run. And look at me. Look at look at the Knicks and the Nets. Same amount of championships. One more series win than us in that same time frame. Congrats to them. Yep, I'm clapping. Congrats to them. Congrats to them for their championship of the 2019 offseason. That was their championship. And their window is done. And it, yeah, feels, man, I got a homie. it feels great to be right. I got a homie named Najee. Shout out No Layups. That's my guy, Najee. You probably seen him on Twitter. But he's a Nets fan. And he's a, a recent Nets fan. Nets fan. I'm not gonna say when. As most of them are. It, 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 I'll give him. I'll give him credit. It was during the D'Lo era, but he just he just happened to be a Nets fan when they got Kyrie Irving and KD. So literally, I have a vendetta against the Nets too, just because of Najee. So whenever he's like, "Oh my God, the Nets, we have freaking Kyrie and you know James, uh, KD, we're gonna win championships." Then when they traded Harden, he's like, "Harden, we're gonna run the Eastern Conference, and we have the three greatest offensive players in the last." 10 years or whatever. I was like, all right, cool. So now I also get to take my turn to piss on the next grave because I also said, look, man, of course, Katie's going to be Katie, but Kyrie Irvin, who is a loose cannon, as talented as he is, what, like, like besides 2016, besides that game seven series in, in, in 2016, besides the finals, what has Kyrie done in his career? He's living off of highlights. Really nice. He's li- he's living off of highlights and cool layups. He's at he, I, and I love Kyrie Irving, but still, you got Kyrie Irving who said we don't need a coach. Me and KD the coach, you know what I'm saying? Like we're basketball geniuses and all that type of stuff. And I just knew that the roster that they had wasn't going to be sustainable, especially against teams like, of course, Milwaukee and Philadelphia, and you know now you know Boston has emerged, and even Miami. I didn't think they would they would beat us in the series, so. Now with them having to deal with this turmoil with uh, Kyrie Irving possibly leaving after he wants to demand demand a max contract after playing, I think he's played forty seven games total for the Nets or something like that. He's he hasn't played fifty games for the Nets in total like regular season games. He probably played more with a few playoff games, but you have a guy that hasn't played that many games, and then you have a, a, the Ben Simmons trade, and even traded for James Harden and and getting rid of all of your future leverage for James Harden. You know, now it's just like, all right, so now what do you have to show for everything? You know, you need, now you, you got Ben Simmons, 
who didn't play a game for you after being traded, and all these other pieces like a like a cripple a crippling Blake Griffin and a sixty three year old uh, Paul Millsap and like all these other guys that just aren't gonna contribute, you know. So now you have to overhaul the whole roster again to bring in some more youth and more athleticism. And now you're gonna have you're gonna have to develop Kessler Edwards and Dayron Sharp. And now you're gonna have to rely on Nick Claxton. So like, and even if Kyrie, if they don't if they don't pay Kyrie. I was talking to somebody like you're gonna have to give Kyrie like an NFL type contract. Like you're gonna have to be like, look, Kyrie, you can, we we can give you the max, but it's gonna be incentive based. So if they if they can do that, be like, you can make up to a hundred something million dollars if you make all these you know incentives and all these benchmarks. But you can't just gonna you can't just pay Kyrie Irving the max. And so like you said, the Knicks won the 2019 offseason hypothetically with all the potential and the up and the uh, the upside that they had with the roster, but. They have nothing to show for it, but uh, a nice KD, a nice KD second round series to add it to his legacy, and uh, a sweep from the from the Boston Celtics. So that's all they have. So shout yeah. out to the, shout out to the Nets, shout out Sean Marks, shout out everybody in that organization because you know, like you have nothing to show for anything for the last three years. Shout out Brooklyn. Gonna end up with one of the worst, I mean, all time what if teams ever as 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 most KD teams end up being besides Golden State. Ultimate what if what if team. Um, you know. You know, my Knicks got clowned, you know, but we we build in with some youth. You know, we got that to look forward to. I don't know what the Nets got to got to look forward to. I mean, their stars are probably on the verge of leaving and they gave up all that draft capital to to get there just for it to not be there when they need it necessary. And yeah. Sean Marks, Sean Marks, you will not be able to wiggle your way out of this one like you did dur- during the D'Lo era. I promise you that. I promise <laughs> you that, Sean Marks. And now it's possible that they're going to have to probably have to trade Kyrie Irving or at least in a sign and trade. Yeah, that's the only way they could gain some assets yeah. back. Exactly. So now and now and if you trade Kyrie Irving. Now you're gonna have a disgruntled Kevin Durant, who's in year. Is he going into year 16 this year or 17? 16 this year, right? I believe he's going so. into year 16. So Kevin Durant is 33, 34 years old. You don't like time is not on your side now. Like it's not like he's 27, 28 when you can be like, all right, we're gonna rent it back, you know. And in the, they they don't have a pick spot. The Rockets, the Rockets trade that they had, even if they try to tank next year and they try to redo it next year, the Rockets can uh, can can swap that pick. And still, if, if the Nets get the number one pick next year, it's going to be the Rockets pick. So no matter what, you're going to you're gonna have to either play it out again this year and see what happens, or you're going to have to just overhaul it right now. So they're in a horrible situation from top to bottom right now. And, and it's funny, too, because they don't, they don't get nearly the slander that the Knicks would get for their minor inconveniences throughout their year. And I'm just thinking like, I'm like these, these, these two, these two niggas, they knew what they was doing. They knew what they was doing when, when, when they right. chose Brooklyn, cause they knew they wasn't going to get no type of slander. No one cares about Brooklyn because no one cares about the nets. No one cares about that team. So they knew what they was doing going over there. So they could stay low key. They could, they could look bad. They could stink it up. They could have all these nonsense go on and, no one really care about it that much, but you know, this, yeah, this is a long time coming. I knew, I knew it was gonna be a a, a a clown show, a circus when Carrie was like, 
they was on Instagram Live. I'm not sure you remember this, but they was like, Kyrie's like, yeah, man, I, like, I want to get like 12 po- uh, post touches a game. Oh, I never I'm saw like, that. What? Bro, it was him and Katie on Instagram Live. They were talking, right? And they were like, Kyrie was like, yeah, I want to work in the post. I want to get like like 12 post touches a game. I'm like, do you know who you are? <sighs> and, Katie, and Katie was like, I don't know about 12. <laughs> it's probably on YouTube somewhere. But yeah, he was he was trying to get 12 post touches a game. And when they was like, yeah, we don't need a coach. When they hired Steve Nash, he's like, we're all we're all the coaches. And yeah, man, like it it was bad from the jump. Uh I when yeah, I, I can go on and on about the things that Kyrie Irving and has said and about all the other things that has happened with that franchise. And as much as I love Katie and Kyrie as players, as much as I love their talents and I, I love watching them play, it's just, you know, it, it was never gonna it was never gonna be destined for greatness, honestly. And I'm not to say I'm glad. That is not worked out for him, but it's nice to say that. Shit. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know you're glad, but it's nice to say. It's nice to say. <laughs> nice to say like, I told you so. So I went on a whole rant, you know, clowning everybody uh, in, in the net. So from Bruce Brown all the way to freaking uh, like Kessler. I was, I, I, everybody got it. Everybody got it. So, yeah, man. It's just a bad, bad situation for the Nets. Yeah, I just don't see where they go from here. But you know, vindication it feels it feels great, man. It feels great. Build around Ben Simmons, trade Katie and Kyrie, get get some stuff back and build around Ben Simmons. How about that? I mean <laughs> let 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 Ben Simmons be Giannis like everybody wants to be. <laughs> that is just an experiment waiting to to fail right there. Yeah. Um but I think I think that's all we got for today. As we wrap up, I think they just announced that Tyler Hero is not going to play. Um, <sighs> so there's that. Um, we'll see what happens. As you're listening to this, you already know what's going on. So, um, but yeah, I mean that's it. We got that's all we got for today. Um, Cam, let the people know where they can find you. Yeah, man, you can follow me on Instagram at c Uh You can follow my other page on Instagram at Cameron.Deloach. You spell Deloach, D-E-L-O-A-T-C-H. Uh, I write for theperfectplay.co. You can follow us on Instagram at theperfectplay. The and uh, we also have a blog, theperfectplay.co. We're on Twitter and everything. So that's where you can find me at, man. All right, you heard the man. Check all that stuff out. As always, I will plug the Strickland Best Knicks site out there. I was doing post game for them on YouTube for the latter half of the season, recapping Knicks games. You know, a lot of great content coming up with the draft coming up. Um, get to look at NBA pro- draft prospects in general. But if you're a Knicks fan, it helps even more because it gives you that Knicks point of view. Um, as always, make sure y'all subscribe, leave a rating, it helps out. Um, and we'll catch y'all, and I will catch you guys on the next episode, possibly before or after the finals. Yes, sir.